Hi, Hannah. Hey, Anna. Hey, so we've been talking about our identities as writers for a while now. I think it's time to do our podcast. That's a great idea, but what should we call it? Hmm. How about how about a play on the pen is mightier than the sword? Like the pen is that, that's it. The pen is. The pen is so many things. It's scary, it's honest, it's funny, and the pen lets us explore what it means to be a work in progress. <laughs> and hey, Hana, we are a work in progress. You said it. Let's get started. Okay. We are on. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been a little while. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm well. I, I appreciate the, uh, the extra week. I've been pretty busy with life, so um, I'm thankful that you're flexible with my deadlines. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> how, are, how are you? Uh, yeah, also doing pretty well and um, have been uh, reading a fair amount the last few days because the weather here has not been conducive to spending a lot of time outside um, and even started. So I wrote the creepy story in response to the prompt and then even started writing another creepy story, uh, mm -hmm. not finished that one yet. Wow, look at you. Extra credit. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Well, not until it's finished. I can't actually take any credit. Okay. Extra work and then extra credit once it's complete. Now, I, I do have to admit, I did do a paragraph of my horror story, and I still have a horror story in my head. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's there. It just isn't physicalized. Mm-hmm. So we can, we can talk about what I actually wrote <laughs> when we get there. Yes. No, I, I totally, um, I understand. And I think it's great that um, rather than kind of getting stymied by just not being in the right headspace to finish that prompt, you were able to find something that did inspire you and work for you in the moment. Uh, I have to admit uh, the piece that I wrote I mean, yes, I was inspired to write it, but I also was um, partially forced to write it by work. So this is what I've been actually working on for the last two weeks, a week and a half. Um, but we can go more once again. I will hey, go into hey take what you can get. You know, it doesn't have to be uh, the muse every time. And sometimes it's, you know, it, it, you're writing. That's the most important thing. Yes, yes. So, yeah. um, but let's, I don't, I think I started last time, but it's been a while. So I think I would love for you to start. Do you think, or how sure. would you, would you yeah. yeah, happy okay. to do that. So um, for our listeners, we, we had decided together to write a fictional piece that was horror slash creepy slash Gothic. And uh, you win the prize for actually completing and doing the homework correctly. <laughs> um, and you wrote a piece called The Lanternfish. Is that correct? That is correct. And thank you. I mean, it's not a contest, so I feel like we, we both win every time. 
right <laughs> need various things, but yes. um, I, yeah, I found this prompt to be pretty inspiring. So it was, uh, it was a lot of fun writing. this piece. Yeah, I actually, so I did have to quickly read it this morning. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm actually going to, I want to read, go back and read it more slowly, but um, like first impressions, I loved it. It was, it is a, a wonderful theme for like a Gothic uh, creepy story. The, um, I'm still waking up by the way, it's only 8am on, on my end. <laughs> Not a problem. <laughs> um, you illustrated wonderfully just, just the setup and um, I could just feel this like place in the, in the fall, wherever you set it, um, your descriptions were spot on. And um, the only reason I guessed what was going to happen was because of what you told me. Mm -hmm. uh, about your inspiration of what it was and so that's the that's the only reason I was like oh I think I know where this is going but if I hadn't had that insight into your inspiration for this piece I don't think I would have gotten the ending of what 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 happens to your protagonist so um it, that was that was well done thanks I know I even thought about if the title is a little too obvious um, and kind of like leading if it would make more, mm. something more subtle. No, I, it, it took me to this moment to get what you meant. I don't think so. I was like, uh -huh. why did she title lantern fish? And now that you said that, I'm like, Oh, I get it. Because of what <laughs> lantern fish do. Yes. I get it mm -hmm. now. So no, it, it wasn't clearly obvious to me, but that's not, <laughs> that might not be saying a whole lot. So, um, now I'm really excited that you're really motivated and inspired to do this 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 genre anyway, even if it wasn't exactly the piece that you had in mind yet. Um, so let's just go to our to our questions here. So what what was the writing process like for you with this? So um, when I when I first started thinking about writing kind of like a creepy, eerie story. I didn't really know what I wanted to write about. I had told you about finding this really creepy monkey and I thought maybe I'll write something about that. But then I was, um, I was lying in bed. I had like woken up um, and just couldn't get back to sleep. Um, one of those like middle of the night things where, you know, your brain is just going over and over. And I was like, well, I'm going to try and do something productive with this time. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but often in the middle of the night when it's like, you know, I'm very tired and my brain isn't, it's still kind of in that space between being like daytime awake and being asleep, I feel like is where I sometimes tend to be more creative. Um, and like my you know, the, the rigidity of daily life and thinking is kind of pulled back a bit. So I wonder if that kind of allowed me to develop this idea because all of a sudden, I don't remember exactly how, but um, I got onto thinking about lanternfish and how creepy they are because mm -hmm. this really beautiful, attractive, glowing little spot of light that's so 
um, alluring and really draws the attention. And then comes this like horrifying, terrifying, ugly thing that, you know, is using this beautiful little like fairy glow to lure you into its jaws. And I thought that was, you know, that Travis and I had been talking about what scared us, what creeped us out um, earlier that night, because um, I was trying to think of things for this. And one of the things that we are both, we both find uh, unnerving, maybe scary as well, is um, water you can't see through. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. that kind of got me into thinking about, yeah, like um, creatures of the deep. And so then this lanternfish, and it was the idea that you see the light and because you see the light and because the water is so dark and murky around you, you can't see the rest of the fish until it's too late. And mm. I that. Um, and so then I thought about how can I incorporate that concept into something that's um, a totally different setting. So it's unexpected when the jaws of the lantern fish close around you um, because you're so distracted by this beautiful thing. So leading into uh leading let's see how do I say (laughs) will you please read the first paragraph of your story sure so Olivia wasn't sure what first drew her eye to the girl on the veranda but once she glanced over the scarf drew her in it was a beautiful goldenrod with a pattern of ruby colored fish on it and it hugged the girl's neck like a glowing silky living thing Olivia smiled slightly the universal sign for opening a conversation with a stranger. And the girl waved her in through the gate. So I love what you used was the scarf. Mm -hmm. And describe the scarf for me. So as I've written it or just in my mind's eye? Yeah, either. Maybe in your mind's eye, how about that? It really, so, you know, I kind of wanted to bring in... um, this idea of something that is like lit from within. And, you know, I thought about, you see these beautiful, often things made out of like silk or satin, something that kind of has that sheen. And then they have this really beautiful, like vibrant jeweled tone to them that can seem almost like it's glowing from within. So in my mind's eye, this scarf is just, you know, you can tell it's it's soft, but it's smooth and kind of shiny and has this glow to it. And in part, that glow comes from this really deep color that's a comforting color. It's not creepy. It's not reminiscent of the deep ocean or a, a ghost, you know, a haunted house or something. It's it's golden. It's this really warm, intriguing, comforting color with then these bright fish on it, these ruby colored fish, you know, which of course is kind of subtly bringing in the, the sea theme. Uh, mm-hmm. So really, you know, a combination of colors that I find really um, attractive um, and also a combination that really stands out and draws the eye toward them. So I, I'm curious what came to you first with this story. You said you, you were lying in bed and couldn't sleep and you were thinking about lanternfish and what you're talking about with Travis. Um, did you, while you're lying in bed awake, did you start writing the story then? Is that what you said? Not physically, but I definitely came up with the idea in my head. And actually the next, was it the next morning? I have to take a look. I sent myself an email that was basically like a really short um, 
description of the idea just so that I wouldn't forget, you know, sort of the very general um, kind of thread of the story that I was looking for. Let me actually see, I'm <clears throat> checking, um, where did I put it? I wanna see if I wrote it in the middle of the night or, <laughs> I, yeah, I wrote it in the middle of the night. So I, I must you... have, I, I forgot, I must've gotten up and gone over to <laughs> you slept, the computer you slept and typed. then wrote out this really short thing and then emailed it to myself. Yeah. Would you, would you mind sharing what you wrote? Uh, sure. So I said, young woman new to town sees house that's isolated. Woman her age on porch, they meet. She starts spending more time there, borrowing clothes from friend who always wears the same outfit and is gradually, oh, I didn't actually include this. I said, and is gradually appearing older, but I didn't end up putting that in the story. Oh, interesting. Eventually she, cause I was thinking like, you know, kind of like she's losing vitality but it didn't really end up being important in the, in the story. Eventually she looks just like her friend and her friend dies and is consumed by the house. She realizes the house is like a lantern fish and the woman was the light. Now she is the light and attached to the house until she lures the next victim. <laughs> That's great. So you, you basically had the whole thing constructed in your head by the time you wrote it in an email. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's great. That's great. I don't like to do, you know, too much of the details of like, what are the, yeah, what are the finer points, but I like to have that structure, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, for this piece, like, as compared to other, other writing prompts we've done together, how did this one differ in terms of, were you able to write it in one go? Was it easier for it to come out? Like, tell me about your experience with that. Um, I didn't write it in one go. I wrote it over about two or three days and then actually came back and didn't like edit it, but did, you know, extensively, but did add a few things here and there. I actually um, had Travis read this one. Mm. Um, and then he gave me just one piece of feedback, which was to incorporate maybe even more kind of um, aquatic or oceanic type uh, mm -hmm. hints here and there. So I went back a few days or like a week later and kind of changed a couple things. Um, but in a way it was like more enjoyable almost than writing the other stories. Like I wanted to see what was coming next. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, but it was, but yeah, it also wasn't just like, it just flowed out of me in one go and was just totally done. And that was it. Like it definitely, I worked it a little bit more, I think, than some of the other stories. Oh, okay. So did you, did you actually go back and read it again and edit it? Um, again, not like really editing, but just like putting little things here and there, or maybe um, when I was writing some of the stuff later on in the story, it changed things earlier in the story for me. So I did... I think read through it more than I have most of the other prompts mm. while I was working on, on the whole. Mm -hmm. Were there any specific challenges that came up with this? Um, I don't know if I'd say it was a challenge. So the whole time I'm, I was writing it. So I like, I really like um, Ray Bradbury short stories uh -huh. and I kind of wanted to emulate what 
the feelings that I get from his creepy short stories in my short story. So while I was writing it, I was kind of trying to keep in mind how I feel when I read a Ray Bradbury creepy short story. Mm. Um, and so it wasn't so much a, a challenge, um, but I wanted to make sure that it like stayed true to that creepy focus. And I think I did have this whole sense the whole time I was writing it of like worry that it wasn't eerie enough. Um, and that it was just like too, I, I am an inherently like fairly cheerful person and here I am, trying to make story, but maybe it's just like, do, 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 la la la, super cheerful. Um, so it was actually kind of validating when Travis did read it, um, that he said it was creepy. So I was like, okay, I've captured, <laughs> but that was like a worry for me throughout the whole process. I I, it seems like that would be somebody's worry if like their intent was to write something that's horror to to gain a certain reaction from their reader and you're terrified the whole time that the person isn't terrified at all. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. That's that's actually an interesting story right there. Um, would you mind reading the very last sentence because the last few words I can just hear you saying and I want to hear you actually saying them. Okay. So here we go. The, the last sentence? Yes. Okay. So from now on, the scarf tied her mentally and physically to this house, sleeping away a long winter of digesting, perhaps for many years, lying in wait for the next tasty morsel to walk by the garden gate. Just the, the tasty morsel. That just sounds so much like you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, this is, this is, this was lovely. And, and it actually had a bit of a Neil Gaiman-esque flair to it as well. I feel like, like I definitely would find a story like this from him in, you know, one of his short stories or whatever, mm-hmm. because like, and, and honestly, this could even be, um, appropriate for young adult too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not violent and bloody and gory and all that kind of stuff and so I, I you know is kind of like kind of reminds me of Coraline a bit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that in that sort of creepy yet like still digestible for younger audiences that isn't going to like totally scar them for the rest of their lives mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or maybe will who knows what the trigger <laughs> might be um but that's that's why I like it because it's, it's um I know there's a lot of potential there for a, a varied audience I think Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not going to be just pigeonholed into into one ilk, I suppose. Or is that the right? <laughs> well, and even you know, like so. What again? When I was kind of trying to think about the things that that I find scary, mm-hmm. um, you know, there were definitely a lot that I immediately dismissed as inappropriate because I didn't. There are some things that to me are are honestly truly like scary in part because of, of there being a reality. And I didn't want to write that. That wasn't the sort of creepy story I'm looking to do. Like, I don't want to write something that has um, domestic violence or, you know, sexual assault or things that do happen and unfortunately on a somewhat regular basis in real life. Um, because that's not fun, you know, like it's, 
I was looking for something that has kind of like maybe a gothic feel or like this sort of supernatural aspect. Um, and I feel like I can have more fun, just like good hearted, creepy, Halloween-esque fun with that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. rather than doing some sort of like, you know, gone girl, really dark. Um, yeah, just kind of like sad or rage filled story. And so um, I think that makes sense then that, yeah, that it's not something that's really um inappropriate for younger people because it you know I think a lot of times we're we're most concerned with exposing people at a very young age to things that are unfortunately a very real thing in the world yeah right it's easier to um read creepy scary things that are not real right right um I kept meaning to ask you this. Did you have like a period in mind? Um, kind of, but also kind of wanted to keep it a little bit. Um, yeah, like I didn't want to, I didn't want to tie it too much to mm-hmm. a certain period because I wanted people to, while you're reading it, um, create the world that makes the most sense to you. So in my mind, I think again, because I love Ray Bradbury and a lot of his stuff has this kind of like 1950s Mm. feel to Mm -hmm. it. That was what I was picturing. Right. But I didn't want to make it, you know, I didn't want to like put anything in there that was too obviously 1950s or this uh, part of the country or, you know, Uh it's too, I think it's American. um, But I wanted, yeah, to kind of leave a lot of those markers a little bit vague so that the the reader can put it into the setting that they find the most appropriate. Yeah, I like that. It, it felt it felt it felt like a, a sense of time or like when did you imagine this? Well, I felt like for a while there that maybe it was older like 1800s almost like mm-hmm. I, I, once again, I read it, you know, fairly rapidly, so I didn't like really take time on the details. So I might have, I definitely missed some things as to whether you talked about a car or not. Um, but I don't think I did. Yeah. So it's it, like, there weren't any pinpoints for me of like when it actually was taking place, but it felt so otherworldly in a lot of ways that it, it, it kind of reminded me of some of those stories as if she was in the Victorian time or it could have been, I mean, it seemed almost timeless, but I was somehow was transported to um, an older time, an older period for mm-hmm. whatever reason. I'm not sure, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not quite sure why that is, to be honest, but it felt. Well, and I think mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, so the, the light on the so-called lanternfish marina, you know, that her, um, Hmm. higher and everything is a little bit outdated Uh, yeah I think I did want to draw attention to thinking that it's not super contemporary but and obviously I'm not like putting smartphones in there or anything like that but um yeah that you know this is this is a small town in the U.S. at some point it's in the fall but you know is it Iowa in the 1970s Right. Mm-hmm. Is it Massachusetts in the 1870s? Could be. Like, as long as there is a, it's a time where there's a library in a town, then. 
I mean, I think it's a really interesting point about creating fictional stories is the setting is, it can be so crucial to, to the story and uh, holds, holds the tale together because that's where your descriptors are going to come in is, is like, is this person going to have a phone? Is this person way out West and, you know, in the olden days on a horse, like uh, it's, it's interesting to think about how that ties in so much to, to what you're creating and, and having, and it, you don't necessarily, like you said here, have to have an exact idea of when or where it is, especially if, if that isn't significant to the story itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think that's, that's an interesting exercise is to play with, um, with scene, with scenery. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I like to make it very visual. Uh, yes. Mm -hmm. We're talking about fall, and I feel like to me, one of the, the um, most enjoyable aspects of the fall is that it's a very visually stunning time of year. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, and so I really, I wanted to use a lot of descriptors about that, but the things that I was describing didn't need to be rooted in a particular time period because they're all kind of timeless a little bit. Exactly, and, and I think you really did capture that well, that timelessness, just because even though I had some sense of some other period, as I kept reading, I was trying to find some indicator that I was right. Mm -hmm. And there wasn't really any indicator that I was right, but there wasn't any indicator that I was wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I think that was, that was done well. Um, any, anything else you want to say? Any other surprises that came up writing this? Uh, no, I just, yeah, like I said, I really enjoyed it. So, and I hope you enjoyed reading it. I did. And I'm going to enjoy reading it once again. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, Anna unveils a piece written for her job, a blog post to introduce herself as a relatable voice in the world of sustainability and conservation. This podcast has been another episode of The Pen Is, with your hosts Anna Bradley and Hannah Binder, and technical support provided by Julia Einersen. Thanks, as always, for spending some time with us as we learn about ourselves as writers and humans. You can find new episodes weekly on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. We love hearing from others about their own experiences with writing. Please feel free to email us at anahannapodcast at gmail.com. Until next week, keep that pen busy.